Hello and welcome to another episode of the Lost Teams podcast. I am your co-host Anthony Trudelli, along with my fellow co-host Andrew Lennox. Andrew, how are things going? Ah, uh, not bad, not bad. How you been, man? I've been pretty good. Had a, I know we've been on a little bit of a hiatus for this summer. Uh, things have been good. I've been uh, just hanging out with my daughter, covering some high school football games. Now that that's back on, and uh, oh yeah, surfing. That, that just good stuff. How about you? Ah, uh, just enjoying you know, what we can out there, obviously with COVID it's, there's still a bit of restrictions out here, but at least life's getting a little bit back to normal. Um, but other than that, just enjoying summer. Excellent. Well, I'm going to cover a football team today, uh, arena football to be precise. The uh, team is the LA kiss. Ever heard of those guys? (laughs) Definitely heard of the band kiss. Yeah, well, we've got a, uh, we had, at least for a short period of time, a Los Angeles Arena football team owned by the band Kiss and uh, operated by the band Kiss. And <laughs> as you'll like see. Like all four members? I think two. I think it was, I think it was the, the main Simmons and um, Paul, is the, who, Paul, who's the other and guy? Paul, Paul Stanley. Stanley. Yeah. yeah. So, uh, oh, I'll, I'll get into that in a second. But um, the right. articles that I, uh, that I drew from were uh, an article called 27 Years Ago, Bon Jovi's manager was convicted of smuggling 40,000 pounds of marijuana uh, in Ultimate Classic Rock and Culture by Jeff Giles. Uh, another article called 12 of the Dumbest Officially Licensed Kiss Products uh, at ODEE.com by Jill Harness. Mm-hmm. Um, a uh, article called LA Kiss Deliver Unprecedented Entertainment Experience as Promised. I believe that was in the LA Daily News. Uh, LAist, the band Kiss owns a football team and we went to a game by Carmen C. And then Kiss the Team Goodbye, uh, an article by Neil Bledsoe, which is an interesting kind of, I'll get into that as well. Neil Bledsoe is a name you might recognize. And then uh, the last one, Arena Football League's LA Kiss apparently have folded, leaving players and fans in the dark. So that's kind of Tarantinoing it. Uh, but obviously, this this podcast is called Lost Teams, so you know that they're gone already, right? <laughs> and that was by Ryan Cartier in the 20, uh, 2015 OC Register. All right, so here we go. LA Kiss established in twenty thirteen. Folded in twenty sixteen. They played in the Arena Football League. That's obviously the most famous arena football league that i mean i'm sure you've heard of they succeeded the la avengers which was la's arena team from 2000 to 2008 okay so this is a recent team so many uh, southern california residents probably remember at least if you're a football fan or a sports fan remember uh when they were here they were named kiss because they were owned by the members of the band kiss specifically gene simmons paul stanley and their manager doc mcgee McGee what about is, the guy? What about the guy with the cat whiskers? He I don't think I don't think he was involved. <laughs> um, I forgot what the uh, no Star- idea what yeah. his name is. Uh, so McGee is relatively famous in his own right. Uh, he managed Skid Row, Motley Crue, and Bon Jovi back in their heyday in the eighties, and nice. he was he was sentenced to thirty years in prison for smuggling forty thousand pounds of marijuana into North Carolina from South America. Uh, but after oh, Bon Jovi, wow. yeah, yeah. Uh, but after Bon Jovi wrote a letter to the judge vouching for McGee's character, he ended up with just a fifteen thousand dollar fine and a suspended five year uh, five year sentence. Interesting. Yeah, it's nice John to have bon- John Bon Jovi has some pull, I guess. I know. Nice to have rock star uh, clients and friends. Right. Right. 
So back to the Kiss, they played their games not at Staples Centers like Staples Center like the Avengers, but at the Honda Center in Anaheim, home of mm-hmm. the Anaheim Ducks, which is uh, of course the team that I do my other podcast cover uh, the other podcast on, uh, totally offsides, but we'll get to that another time. Um, they were not the first Arena Football League team to play at Honda Center either. The Anaheim Piranhas played there from 1994 to 1997, so kind of at the same time the Ducks started playing. The team began putting their roster together on August 15th, 2013, with a whole bunch of no-names that I don't recognize. (laughs) Hmm. Uh, I don't think any of them ever played in the NFL uh, before or after their time in the AFL. Sure. Bob McMillan, the AFL's 2013 Coach of the Year uh, for coaching Chicago Rush, was hired as coach. Um, When the first season started, it became pretty obvious that this team was just another KISS branding opportunity. Anyone who kind of knows anything about KISS knows that they are branding masters. They are already famous for sticking their logo on really anything. Right. (laughs) Cereal, everything. Yeah. A casket. Um, I'm sure. Air guitar strings is my favorite one. Really? Air guitar strings. So (laughs) a plastic bag full of nothing. Uh, they wow. also they also put their logo on Snuggies, condoms, cologne, and deodorant, cookie jars, potato heads, as checkers game, uh, among other things. So when you think about the Kiss branding a football team, it's not that outrageous. It's definitely probably the most expensive thing they've ever put their name on, but mm-hmm. uh, it's definitely not out of character for the band. Yeah, definitely. And they went after it hard in the public relations department. They had a reality show on AMC which I'll talk a little bit about. It wasn't that interesting. A write-up mm-hmm. in Rolling Stone and ESPN, the magazine. Uh, Sports Center, the Sports Center anchors, uh, I don't know who, which one specifically, uh, wore Kiss face paint on one of their episodes. Uh, <laughs> Gene and Simmons and Paul Stanley went on the Today Show where they offered Tim Tebow a contract. So That's awesome. It was a little more like a carnival than a football experience. Yeah, like most of the teams we've talked about. Yeah, but this one, they did it on purpose. Uh, Their first home game actually drew 12,045 fans at Honda Center. By comparison, the Ducks' capacity is about 17,000, a little over 17,000. So I I don't think they changed the seating because it's arena. I mean, they must have – it has the same dimensions as the hockey arena, I'm pretty sure. Yeah, I'm not sure. You don't think they – expand like take the boards out well i don't think so i think out, i but. think it's like the 280 i think it's 280 by whatever a what's the 245 by 80 feet or something like that whatever the hockey rink is well it's arena football so i guess do they take the boards out i don't think so i think they just take <laughs> the ice out okay um so there's a, a little less than three quarters full if they're playing in in the hockey arena size capacity uh, according to Fox Sports, the average arena football game at that time drew 7,791 fans. So the KISS actually outdrew the, the standard, the average arena football game by 4,000 fans, which is impressive. No, oh, that's cool. In their first game, the KISS beat the Portland Thunder 44-34. to 34, mm-hmm. uh, And it seems like I'm burying the lead in terms of their results, but that was basically their strategy. It was all about spectacle and football really uh, came second as you'll find out in a second, they had a silver field. That's right. They played on a silver field because it was turf. Nice. There was an air guitar pick shaped logo or sorry, just a regular guitar. There's no such thing as air guitar. Pick. There was a guitar pick shaped logo at midfield with the kiss logo on it. They had girls in silver bikinis hanging in cages above the field dancing. 
During the during the first game, there was a rock concert by the gimmicky metal band Steel Panther. Have you ever heard of Steel Panther? I have. I've never heard any of their songs, but I, I've heard of them. There's a couple. I mean, they're they're kind of a parody band, but they're yeah. They're, there's a couple funny songs. Okay. There are also pyrotechnics and a show by BMX riders. This is all in the first game. Wide receiver Donovan Morgan, who was really their their most popular player, he was a, I believe a, yeah he's a wide receiver like I already said. Mm-hmm. Was quoted by Fox Sports as saying, "The guys did enjoy it, but for me, I'm a football player. I came here to play football. I don't want to say it was a little too much, but it was a little bit too much. I yeah. think it. I, <laughs> go ahead. No, it sounds like it was like a nightclub. He uh, yeah. He went on to say, "I think it was a distraction. I'm pretty sure I speak for all these guys." that we just wanted to play. We don't have all these, we don't want to have all these timeouts. We want to continue to play football and get W's. There wasn't really much in in the way that you would know that the Kiss were playing there if you weren't at a Kiss game, seeing everything that was on the field. The only really branding in the arena was a statue of Wild Wing, the Ducks mascot wearing a Kiss jersey. (laughs) But that was it, apparently. There was nothing else. Mm. As the first season wore on, their success wavered. They outdrew the AFL average in every home game that season, but they lost every home game except for one after their 44-32 home opening win over Portland. That win and another win over Portland uh, came after eight consecutive losses. They would go on to a 3-15 and record in their first season, which was yeah. terrible. And that's even after winning two of their first three games. So imagine how horrible that would have been. Were they the worst team in the league? Yes. Yes. Yeah. Thanks. They so went. Uh, they went four and fourteen in their. Uh, they might actually have been better than Portland. I didn't actually look up the standings. They went four and fourteen in their second season, so a slight improvement. And then they improved to seven and nine in their third season. That AMC reality show I was talking about. Uh, it was called Fourth and Loud. Mm-hmm. It was on AMC for one season before it was canceled. So the team actually lasted longer than the reality show, which is which is good. Right. Right. <laughs> They should have did like a, a thing like the Detroit Vipers did, like give Gordy Howard shit. Yeah. Now they gave him, like have Gene Simmons take a couple snaps. Well, I think that's what they tried to do with Tebow. I think they tried to get Tebow in there. I think uh, Simmons would be funnier though. Oh, yeah. He would, he would break. He's just like an old, probably a brittle old man. Yeah. <laughs> uh, on the reality show, Fourth and Loud, there was Gene Simmons had a quote that said, somehow the taste of us should be around us without usurping its footballness. I don't know if the taste of us meant the taste of kiss. I'm assuming that would, but uh, it sounds like it definitely usurped its footballness. I would kind of compare it to, uh, without having seen a game in person, only from what I read, basically like kiss flavored seltzer water, only the football version. If kiss was the water and the bubbles, there was only like a hint of football, which sounds like what it really happened. It must've really sucked for the players who wanted to be pro football players dealing with that and a reality show uh, of them dealing with it. I mean, yeah, that would have been tough. And they obviously weren't making, they were making like minor league type money. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Simmons also said, we are here to stay, which will sound really silly by the end of the story. Colt Brennan. So you remember Colt Brennan? Texas. Uh, Longhorn? Hawaii. Hawaii. Okay. He was, he was the Hawaii quarterback. He just recently passed away. Oh, yeah. I remember reading about that recently. Yeah. Yeah, he so he was the subject of the first episode episode of the show. He, I believe, was trying out for the team, mm-hmm. uh, even though due to a brain injury that he suffered in a car crash in 2010, he only ever played on the practice squad before being let go. Okay. Uh, unfortunately, that car crash probably played a major major role factor in his recent overdose. Uh, 
He mm. died uh, overdosed on fentanyl, I believe. Jeez. He struggled with substance issues and legal issues after the crash. Uh, and he died from that overdose at just in Newport Beach in May. But, Horrible. Uh, yeah, sad. But Colt Brennan, Brennan was, was, I think, trying out for the team or involved in the show. So gotcha. Uh, that's like the most famous name probably that you've heard. Mm-hmm. During the 2016 season, which was their final season, attendance dropped to its lowest level in three years. They had just about 6,100, between 6,100 fans and uh, 9,200 fans as their high that season. So kind of fluctuating above and below the average. But right. with a, if you can imagine how much they spent with all the stuff in their arena, they probably, they probably didn't make any money. <laughs> uh, they made that playoff game I told you about for the first time, but it, they didn't actually play at Honda Center. Uh, they had to be moved to a casino in San Diego because the circus was at Honda Center. And then that was on, I think, game day. The next day, they asked if they could use the arena. And I guess Honda Center agreed a few months before, but then allowed the WWE to have a wrestling match there. So they basically kicked the kiss out of Honda Center, forcing them to play in another arena for their only home playoff game. Of course, Vince McMahon's going to yeah, push his way sense. in. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, they tried to give away free tickets. Estimates were at 4,000 attendees for the game, but people who were there, I guess they were only 1,000. Mm-hmm. None of the members of KISS were at the team's final game and the team's only playoff game, which is kind of sad. To their defense, KISS said that they had a handshake deal with the Honda Center, like I said, uh, but the Honda Center reneged and booked the WWE. Mm-hmm. Uh, after going 7-9 and nine and making the playoffs for the first time ever, the KISS team disappeared. According to the OC Register, the collapse was part of a, concentra- a contraction excuse me, going on in the AFL over a two-year period. Two other teams had folded the same week that the KISS did in 2016, and five in total had left the league. So the AFL was kind of going through restructuring, and I'm sure they didn't miss having a team like the KISS in, uh, in the league. Yeah, it doesn't sound like it. Yeah. yeah. The KISS did not inform their players or season ticket holders that they were folding, though. Oh, my God. Yeah, Donovan Morgan, uh, their wide receiver, might have had an idea because he got a text message at the end of the game from Paul Stanley saying, D-Man, I appreciate you, everything you did for this organization, but we did all we could. And that was (laughs) after the last game, so he wasn't the only one to know. Uh, All the players were put into a dispersal draft, including defensive end Cesar Rayford, who did not even know the team had folded, let alone that he was taken by another team, uh, Tampa, in the draft. He wasn't alone. Other players didn't know what happened until their new coaches called or annoyed family members contacted them asking why they hadn't been in touch and told them the happy news about their loved one signing with a new team. That's crazy. Yeah. It's just like treating people as a commodity. It's not. It's horrible. No, no compassion or anything. Right. Privately, they stated that they had done all they could to keep the franchise alive. Um, some minority owners attempted to find new investors and to keep the franchise afloat, but they weren't successful. After they were finished, stories started to come out about how cheap the team was, though. This, is, this story is ridiculous. So Nate Stanley was their quarterback. He uh, basically had a bunch of injuries that he sustained with a kiss uh, that he played through because it was, I mean, his only job or it, it, he wanted to be a professional football player. So he toughed it out. When they folded, they made him pay his own medical bills because they no longer existed. Wow. Uh, there were also some kind of heartwarming stories involving the fans. There were some dedicated, even though they didn't have a lot of fans, they had some dedicated fans. Well, I was surprised you said, when you said they had season ticket holders. Like, Oh, yeah. <laughs> 
they had a they had a good amount i mean well i guess like there's that they the kiss army so exactly i'm sure were, that there was a ton of those people there were people there just show up to the game dressed in kiss makeup and outfits that was a that was a lot of season ticket holders but there was also uh, an older couple who were excuse me there was an also also an older couple named the ashes who were kiss super fans mm-hmm. uh they weren't not like fans of the band i think they were just fans of the football team i had read in an article that they were i think in las vegas uh, maybe on their honeymoon or something like that or they were in las vegas and the vegas arena football team there were some players in the uh in the elevator with them and they like talked them into coming to a game and they said it was like the coolest thing they'd ever seen so they became yeah. the football fans so when the kiss moved into uh, anaheim they became they were like oh this is where we live we'll be kiss fans mm-hmm. uh so the kiss knew that they were super fans um and when nate stanley the quarterback needed to come to california early to start training i guess league rules stated that the team couldn't pay for him to to stay there like he had to find his own lodging okay and so they asked the ashes to put him up so it was kind of like in hockey like junior hockey billeting like a billet family yeah he lived with them <laughs> For an exchange while. family. <laughs> yeah. He lived with them for a while before his season started and before he was they were allowed to pay for his lodging. Or an exchange student. I yeah. Say. Well, that didn't make any sense. That's okay. right. <laughs> um, but Elizabeth Ash was quoted as saying, Nate was so polite. After he watched TV, he would change the channel back to whatever station we were watching last. Wow. Which it's funny because he can I'm sure like he just was maybe his parents were older and they didn't know how to work the remote so he's just like I don't want to I'm just going to be nice and stick it back to what we had before what a guy (laughs) yeah class act and then the kiss made him pay his own medical bills what a bunch of dicks so this last quote which is an interesting part was from uh, this Neil Bledsoe article so Neil Bledsoe was an actor slash commercial actor basically and slash writer who uh, he he was famous for being in uh, an Old Spice commercial that was kind of widely disliked. Like it was when that other guy was the Old Spice guy, and they they worked this new Neil this Neil Bledsoe guy into an Old I Spice. I remember commercial. that. <laughs> yeah, and people hated it. So this guy tried out for the LA Kiss. He is actually, I think, the second cousin of Drew Bledsoe. Okay. So he must have had some football background, but he tried sure. out for the LA Kiss and documented it in this series of articles in Sports Illustrated. Yeah. Uh, so he, he had this quote. Uh, this the he had the quote from about the ashes um basically billeting Nate Stanley but also he had this quote that made me laugh when football stopped being able to help their brand kiss gave the LA kiss a kiss goodbye that's some quality writing right there i like it awesome <laughs> <laughs> neil bledsoe props to you i hope your acting career continues and your writing yeah. career gets better as well and your hopefully football hopefully he's doing career. something yeah. yeah what's drew bledsoe do these days you don't hear his name very often I think he owns a winery. Oh, okay, good for him. So yeah, so Neil Bledsoe was in a movie. Most he was in Agents of Shield, the show. He was in NCIS New Orleans. He was in Shameless. Oh. He was he was in. He's been on some good shows. Yeah, yeah, he, and recurring character on a lot of them. The Man in the High Castle was another one as Captain Connolly. That one's I heard. Well I heard about that. I never watched it. Smash. So his, I mean, he's got. Law and Order Special Victims Unit for a few episodes, Ugly Betty. He's, Would I know his face if I saw him? Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Uh, maybe not. He's, no. he's a handsome guy, but he's, he's not from... Uh, uh, <laughs> and it says, Neil Bledsoe is an actor and writer who grew up in Seattle, but for some reason the internet thinks he's from Canada. That's nonsense. 
It's close <laughs> to the border. Yeah. Uh, anyway, that was the LA Kiss. So, uh, yeah, hope you guys liked the episode. Yeah, it was fun. It was uh, interesting. I, I didn't even know this franchise existed. So, yeah, it was um, a... sound like it was pretty half-assed yeah attempt to be successful <laughs> yeah but that's all right uh, i mean like we talked so uh thinking back with our uh with our friend drew crossley he defended kind of a lot of these uh these teams that that don't exist anymore because i mean we tend to make fun of them but they are genuine efforts at at trying to start a business and definitely and, and the effort is worth uh some props so while we're making fun of maybe it's a little easier to make fun of them because their kiss the band kiss created it and <laughs> Yeah, and they have unlimited money. Yeah, but uh, yeah, so I think um, it's worth saying that even though we make fun of them a lot, they are there are some pretty interesting things. uh, They should have had like Gene Simmons' tongue as the um, logo or something. People probably wouldn't know what to think. Is that a slug that has paint on it? (laughs) (laughs) All right. um, So last announcement: uh, Andrew and I talked it over, and we basically have decided that we're gonna. We're going to go on an indefinite hiatus. We've had a great time uh, giving you guys information about these lost teams that no longer exist but and, and how they've changed professional sports. But both of us have a lot going on in our, our personal lives and, and just felt like we weren't giving this the best, the best effort anymore that, that we had been when we started. So it's been a real, a real fun time doing this with you guys. And we might get it started again sometime in the future if we, if we have more time. But uh, for now, I think this is it. Yeah, it's been fun. Um, as you know, as we talked about earlier, we'll go on a little hiatus and we'll see, maybe catch up in a month or so and see where we're at. Yep. Sounds good. Well, thanks everyone for listening. And, uh, uh, as always, you can find me at on Twitter at Delhi tweets. That's D E L L I T W E T S. Andrew, where can they find you? They can find me at, uh, A W L E N N that's A W M on Twitter. Awesome. Are you still writing for Roto Ballers? Uh, taking a little break right now. Get back to it once uh, hockey season starts. Gotcha. And you can find some of my work on the in the Daily Pilot. I cover football sometimes on Fridays and uh, other high school sports when when they want me to. So uh, you can find me there. Yeah, as always, you can uh, find us on Insta- find me on Instagram as well at the Media Deli. And yeah, thank you for listening. And hopefully, uh, we'll get this going again at some point in the future or or another podcast. But thanks again. Thanks, guys. Thank you.